listeners good evening i hope you had a wonderful day today is another episode of the program and i want to appreciate you for joining us on the program once again our dear lord we thank you for another opportunity in your presence dear lord please teach us yourself and help us to apply all that we will learn to our daily lives in the name of jesus Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we will take a discourse on timid. Timid, yes. As we go through Judges chapter 6. But before we go on, allow me to read the opinion of two of our listeners on the previous episode. Mr. Abraham Achoba says, in his own opinion, no matter who seems to be at the forefront, spouses should support each other to fulfill God's plan for their lives. Doing that helps the couple to access deeper levels of love and joy in marriage. And Mr. Ifeoluwa Biodun says, When a man has a wife holding a position of authority, he will not feel intimidated if she neither rubs it in his face nor makes a business and career with family affairs. That was his opinion. From the opinion segment as we look through the book of judges chapter 6 and you know we read from the new international version again we see that the israelites did evil in the eyes of the lord they were oppressed and so they cried to the lord as usual but it seems the israelites were becoming smarter because this time they did not suffer for 18 or 20 years before they cried out for help. Or perhaps the oppression from the Midianites was more unbearable than the previous ones. However, before God raised a judge for them again, he sent a prophet to tell them the why of their woes, I mean the reason for their troubles. God had given them an initial victory, which they had the responsibility to sustain. All they had to do was to be obedient and shun idolatry. In our contemporary terms, idolatry for us now could mean endless ads on social media, the race to keep up with fashion trends, Chasing shadows of prosperity through get-rich-quick schemes, etc. Think on this. Is it really that simple to shun the things around us? beckoning at us to shift our focus from the path well 
Now that the children of Israel know the why of their woes, I thought they would ask for forgiveness, repent, turn new leaves and experience lasting peace. But again, no way. But despite their unrepentant attitude, God being merciful chose to raise another judge for them. And here is the process that led to the emergence of the new judge in person of Gideon. I read verse 11, Judges chapter 6 verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Gideon Joash was in his father's compound, threshing wheat in a wine press as he ate it from the nomadic Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to him, the Midianites' mode of oppression was such that even livestock and crops were attacked. So, food supply was depleted, and the Israelites became internally displaced persons in their own nation as they fled into mountain clefts and caves for shelter. That scenario sounds familiar, right? That was probably the reason a prestigious wine press was converted by Gideon's family to the noble job of trashing wheat. On the previous episode, we considered the issue of luxury versus necessity in the face of survival realities. In this case also, to trash wheat in a safe and eating place was of more importance for their survival than preserving the exclusiveness of the wine press. In the face of challenges, I think it's usually a wise decision to choose needs over wants. Proceed. Verse 12 says, When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon was baffled the way he was addressed and instantly raised questions from both phrases one after the other. I also wondered about what was mighty in a man trashing wit or was Gideon dressed in a warrior's attire? Well, I do not know. But I do know that our God sees the end from the beginning. He calls us by what He created us to be, not by what national crisis or survival instincts has made us become. Dear listeners, I want to implore you that you should not allow the present circumstances to define who you really are. 
and what God proposed for your life. Gideon's questions revealed that he had some historical knowledge of the acts of God. However, the present situation bears no resemblance to history in his mind. So Gideon's response to his new nomenclature in verse 13 were questions that probably stemmed from doubt and conflict of ideas. His first question was, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Well, if I were to answer Gideon, I would just tell him, the Lord is not with all of you anymore. He is only with whom he chooses as the judge, and that happens to be you, Gideon, at the moment. Dear listeners, do not confuse a personal message from the Lord with a congregational or national prophecy and that was why the angel said in his greeting the Lord is with you mighty warrior you as in singular Gideon not the whole nation so his second question where are all the wonders our fathers told us about well if I were to answer Gideon I'll tell him the acts occurred when a particular generation lived that had the idea of God. They knew his acts. And some of them, like Moses, Joshua, even knew his ways. Also in that era, both parties kept their end of the bargain. God did his part, the people obeyed and did their part. Those would have been my responses if I were to answer Gideon's questions. Well, the Lord's answer in verse 14 was quite direct and rhetorical. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? That was God's response to Gideon's question. Well, you'll be wondering, is that similar to the questions, the answer? Is there a way they relate? And I also wondered, what strength could Gideon have that the Lord was referring to? First, I think the Lord may be referring to the knowledge he had. Knowledge is power. Gideon had an idea. He had the historical facts of the things that the Lord had done. So that was supposed to prep his faith that if God could do that in time past, he should be able to do it again. So knowledge of who God was and the word of God. Two, sometimes we have hidden potentials which do not find a means of expression until we are exposed to certain hardships in life. So God may be telling Gideon there are things in you. I created you. I know what you can do. I've put some things in you and it's time for you to make use of it. And thirdly, 
From the onset, as soon as the angel arrived and he appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And if you've been with us on all the episodes in the book of Judges, we usually see before they go to war or do something, it was because the Lord was with the judge. So, and if God had told Gideon, I am with you, so Gideon had the Lord's presence, and that was enough for him. So, God had committed himself to Gideon, and it was all that mattered. when God said to him that go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand am I not sending you that Gideon declared his status as the least in his family he began the stories and the, my clan is the weakest in short I am the least of the least yet God reiterated the promise of his presence to Gideon in verse 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Dear listener, is there something that the Lord has told you to do? And you are wondering, where is the strength, or what do I have? God is saying to you, go in the strength of the word. Go in the strength of my assured presence. Go in the strength of the gifts that I have placed in you. And I pray the boldness, the faith, the courage you need to go ahead and take that step. The Lord will give to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. blunder we tend to commit that's the crux of this discourse the promise of God's presence sounded too easy to be true there has to be a tangible evidence to hold on to it was there and then the bargain or permutation began when God was speaking to him in verse 15 and when he when Gideon wanted to reply, God in verse 15 said, But Lord, how can I save Israel? He didn't confirm the identity of the speaker before referring to him as Lord. But by the time God gave his second declaration of support and emphasized that Gideon, I am really sending you on this mission. And he suddenly realized that God truly meant business was then it occurred to Gideon that the Lord's identity needs to be confirmed. In verse 17, Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Since verse 11, it is now you want to confirm who is speaking when you say that this person really means business. Like looking for excuse, do I really have to do this? 
For Gideon, having been previously tangled in paganism, where a lot of drama is involved in talking to their idols, shaking, dancing, jumping up and down, it was hard for him to believe he had really been having a conversation with the Almighty God. Just like that, with no show or drama involved. Some of us don't believe the Lord is present in a meeting until someone does some acrobatic display in the name of prophecy. While others do not agree that the prayer of healing is genuine until water and kerchief or oil is present. I'm not saying these things are wrong. I'm saying that we should move up higher and believe God for his yes and his no without any extra evidence to hold on to. Gideon proceeded to carry out the confirmation test of the Lord's personality. Well, God decided to be patient and accept Gideon's mode of worship. For believers today, we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. John chapter 10 verse 3 to 5 talks about the sheep and the shepherd. When we fellowship with Christ indeed, we will be accustomed to his voice and there would be no need for a litmus test. So, after confirming the Lord's identity in Gideon's own way, he was given an assignment to destroy Baal's temple, which he carried out. Although, in his timid manner, he did so at night. And then in verse 34, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, fully confirming him as the chosen judge for that season. I thought having the presence should clear Gideon's doubt. Well, it did not. Gideon had to be triple sure of what God told him in verse 14. Although he was afraid when he was to destroy Baal's altar, yet he did not ask for extra confirmation. But in saving Israel from the Midianites, fear and doubt were both present and he had to do a double check. Today, we need to realize that fear is not of God. Rather, the spirit at work in us is that of power, love, and of sound mind. Most of us are familiar with the fleece story. How we put the fleece on the threshing floor and requested for due to be on the fleece alone 
without falling on the ground. And then after that, he asked again that the reverse should occur and on like that. From the flea story, it is imperative to say that requesting for a sign cannot satisfy our need to know the will of God. For Gideon, the first time the fleece got wet, he was not sure. Maybe there was another hypothesis to explain it. Then he tried the reverse and vice versa. In life, there's always one more reason to avoid making a decision. One more excuse to delay us from launching into God's purpose for our lives. Dearlessness, one-time encounters should not replace our fellowship with the Lord. Because it is only in the place of fellowship that we build the virtue of waiting in hope to get the will of God. It is in the place of fellowship that we as sheep learn to recognize the voice of our shepherd and will be bold to follow whenever he leads. One easy way is to wait on God for seemingly small issues so that when it's time to make life's big decisions, we will recognize the voice of our shepherd leading us. In my opinion, Putting out the fleece is a sign of spiritual immaturity. What do you think? And with that, we've come to the end of tonight's episode. Dear Lord, you promised us in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 that those who hope in you and wait on you will be strengthened. We are open and waiting, Lord. Please keep us from the temptation of taking shortcuts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning into the program. Thank you, dear Emmanuel, for putting the production together. You can always send your opinions to us on WhatsApp, plus 234-803-490-1292. Again, plus 234-803-490-1292. Until we meet next time, I am Okwe Sayolu. Stay blessed.